This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 81. Submission number 958. The Neighbors. The Neighbors aired on ABC Daytime from December 29, 1975 to April 9, 1976, for a total of 65 episodes. It's time for The Neighbors! And now here's The Neighbors' best friend and your host, Regis Philbin! Thank you. Well, this episode isn't going to be just about the neighbors. Uh, it's going to be mostly about the neighbors, but it's I, it's not going to be about the neighbors, the 2012 series. Yeah, no. that, well, obviously there was a there was a 2012 series. That's for another episode. And it's definitely not about the Australian series. That's going on for ages. No, we're That's not talking. We're not, not talk- going to be on this show. We're not talking about Kylie Minogue today. Call back tomorrow about Kylie Minogue. Now this this is going to be about uh, Regis Philbin's little endeavor in late '75 and early '76, and uh, this is our tribute of sorts uh, to Regis. If you heard the end of the last episode, the Noel Edmonds show uh, episode, uh, we actually got news of Regis's passing uh, while we were recording, and we made the executive decision at that time to to reschedule what was going to happen this week to a later date. And we are doing a tribute to Regis this week, both in terms of the neighbors, but also I'm sure each of us uh, has something we want to say about Regis, maybe something we remember or uh, just something about him because he is nothing short of a legend. Yeah. In fact, you know, to call him a legend would just be a bit of a slight he is, I mean, there's no, there's not going to be anyone like Regis. Oh, he's no. Mr. Television. I mean, there's a reason why he, he's, I mean, for crying out loud, he he's, was probably on so much yet. I think he has the world record for, I mean, as we established a couple, a show or two ago, the Guinness World Records really doesn't mean much, but he does have the official world record for most hours on television. He does. He has or had, yes, absolutely. So what about this, The Neighbors? Ooh, oh, boy. Oh, oh. You, you know, for all, all the good stuff, for, for the, every millionaire and, and every uh, live with Regis and Kathy Lee, you got to have one bad show. And man, was this that one bad show. The it Joey, was, wait, the Joey Bishop show? Dial it back, man. Dial it back. Oh, come Dial on. it back. Dial yeah. it back. No, 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 no. Oh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this was just, I want to say this was like part one of the two-part deal between Carruthers Company, Warner Brothers, and ABC. We'll talk about the second part on another show. But, oh, God, this was just it's so indicative of the era. You have, it was. Two female neighbors, instead of having 
a good old-fashioned kiki like we used to. They're playing for cash money answering questions about a panel of three of their neighbors. This sounds amazingly like something that would uh, come up. Is my kind of town on the list? I feel like my kind of town should be on the list. What is that? My kind of town is like uh, Michael Davies' uh, sort of love affair to small town America. Yeah, yeah, it was like 15 years ago. Yeah, of course, that would be a Michael Davies joint. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually got a different take. I actually thought it was more like a mix of the Newlywood game and Three's a Crowd, uh, as well as, you know, obviously, neighbors being involved. Yeah, yeah definitely. It, it was a little catty at times, not, not Three's a Crowd catty, where you've got the secretary going after the wife. But uh, it, it did look very uncomfortable to say the least it was mm-hmm. yeah again so you have two female neighbors competing for cash by answering questions about a panel of three of their neighbors so it's sort of like it would sort of set the stage for either studs or love me love me not the uh, correct answers would score 25 dollars in round one and then $50 in round two with the selected panelists earning $25, whether it was correct or not. Wait, not, not love me, love me, not. Mama no mama. Mama no mama. i sorry. I forgot it was an Italian joint before. But anyway. No, okay, I, I just had to chime in with that. Hey, hey, love me, love me, not. That had Ross Schaefer in it. Yes, it did. Alex Trebek hosted the pilot, though. Oh, my God. And that's where Mama No Mama comes in. <laughs> mama No Mama, hey! Okay, so, again, here's here's how we play the game. In round one, you have our two warring neighbors, and I use the term jokingly, of course. They have to field questions about a panel of three of their neighbors. Regis read a statement about one of the two contestants Contestants have to guess which contestant most of the panel felt that question applied to, and the correct answers are worth $25. In round two, contestants guess which panelist made a particular statement about that player, and a correct selection scored 50 for the contestant and 25 for the panelist. In round three, a statement would be read about one of the two contestants made as a unanimous opinion by all three panelists. First player to buzz in and correctly choose the neighbor earned money. Choose the wrong neighbor, and the opposing neighbor won the money. Uh, Questions go to 50, then 100, 150, then 200, and then 300 for the fifth and final question. Player with the most money won a bonus prize. And that was the game. (laughs) <laughs> wow <laughs> that was that, I, that will go down in history as the simplest explanation ever on this show that's the episode good night everybody <laughs> yeah but okay well, so. well, well now hold on well now you can see why we're gonna talk a little bit more about regis because th- there was not a lot of meat on the bone here this it really was like a kind of ripoff of Newlywood game. Plus, there's a little threes a crowd, and you got a little bit of the cattiness that we talked about. It was indicative it of the era. 
And it just came across as awkward. I mean, well, first off, I know it's maybe a little same with the newlyweds. But, you know, these are five neighbors. And unless you're in the same neighborhood as them, can you necessarily relate to them? Otherwise, you're just basically spreading gossip about your neighbors on nationwide television for not really high uh, monetary stakes. No. And and the winner gets a small uh, prize of sorts, a small package of prizes like um, what you'd see on Hollywood Game, maybe a dinette or some appliances or stuff like that. I mean, they're not being heavily uh, reimbursed for, you know, spilling the dirt on their neighbors no nope yeah it's um it it, it just it, it's really one of the worst shows I, i've ever seen and, and gosh we haven't even gotten to the other episode this week we'll stick around for that one uh, Boy. <laughs> oh yeah yeah um this show was it it was bad as it was forgettable, and I love and I bet you Regis would just I don't know if he would love to just sweep it under the rug because again this is Regis Philbin at his most Regis Philbin-y, uh again twenty five years earlier than the obvious but yeah Regis was just this a man of the people. He was, and, and it doesn't get, and it doesn't get much more popular, I guess, than female neighbors in the 1970s. Yeah, you're thinking this was a show created for housewives about housewives by Bill Carruthers. Yeah, and again, I I just can't see what the interest was because again, I don't have any sort of stake in the neighbors. There are people who are appearing on my TV screen for half an hour. And plus also, I'm just curious. Now they had five neighbors on. Was that the same five neighbors on just for one episode or was it for the entire week where they'd rotate, you know, two people playing in the main part of the game each week? Because that would be a little more fair if you think about it. That'd be more fun. Yeah. It'd be, it might be a little more fun, but it's more fair because the thing is, the uh, three members of the jury, if you will, they didn't get many opportunities to get paid from what I saw. Hmm. And they definitely didn't have a stake in the big prize at the end. No. So, yeah, I mean, that just reeks of uh, a little unfairness. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they could easily have had them on the whole week. And, I mean, that would make casting a lot easier. And as I mentioned earlier, there weren't really high stakes. So, you know, okay, maybe somebody wins uh, both prize packages on their show and may pick up, you know, a couple hundred dollars uh, as a member of the jury or whatnot. It it wasn't, you know, it was, I don't know. I can't describe this. This was such crap. Yeah, it was really bad. Yep. This was basically trying to be the network version of Three's a Crowd. Before Three's a Crowd. Before Three's a Crowd. And lest we remind you, Chuck Barris is the king of schlock television in the eight, in the 70s. And most people would say that Gog Show is Chuck Barris at peak Chuck Barris. But Three's a Crowd is basically the apex of the form. And... I want to say he took what was wrong about the neighbors and uh, 
just did he make it better? Did me make it worse? Uh, help me help you here, guys. Nothing could have made this better except cancellation. I mean, there's two episodes online, and it's a slog. It is really tough to get through them. Yeah. I, I will say this. I really like the set. The, the sort of neighborhood type of set with the the uh, the three neighbors sitting behind the two primary contestants on like a porch, and you had uh, it, what looked like house fronts. I thought that was cute. I thought that was adorable, but that's like the only real redeeming factor of this show. Even the opening, you heard the opening. That's annoying. Yeah. That opening is better than what was used on the pilot. Yeah, on the, uh, on the pilot, they used a song called Pick a Little, Talk a Little from The Music Man. Yeah, and you've heard that. that family Guy has made fun of it. and uh, it, it's, been, uh, it's been all over the place. Pick a little, talk a little, chip, 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 something like that. You Pick can easily talk- find it on YouTube. Well, guys... No, as, no, as, as, no, I know what like, you're going like, to say, Mike. Like, no. Mike, I recognize that look on your face. What do you have planned? I know Actually, what you're going to say. No, 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 not the music. Anything but the music. So as I was saying before you two overreacted, this show obviously needs a little bit of filler, and gosh knows what's better filler than you no, got don't it. do it. Don't, no, no, no. Don't play the music. Don't play the music. Mike, ah! I, I, I uh. play the music. Oh. Okay, guys. Yes, there is something the neighbors related on eBay. It better not. Is it a, unless it's an autographed picture of Regis on the set? Forget about it. Uh, it's not an autographed picture of Regis on the set. It is just a press photo of the show, and I'll give you the details about it. Except the price, obviously. Oh, yes. This is d- this is dated. January 6th of 1976, you have Regis in the middle, and on the left-hand side to Regis's right, you have the two main contestants for the day, Beverly and Sandy, not that that makes half a difference, and you have the three neighbors, the three cackling neighbors on the right-hand side to Regis's left. So again, this is dated January 6th of 1976. It's a 7x9, not an 8x10, 7x9. Oh, that makes a world of difference. Well, yeah, I mean, you're losing an inch on both sides, so it's that much smaller. But Well, an inch uh, can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, dude. Freezing. And <laughs> we'll start with Greg since uh, last time I went with uh, Chico first. So, Greg, in dollars and cents, okay. what would you pay? Or not what would you pay, but what is the going price for this Press photo of the neighbors. Uh, okay. Seven by nine. Yeah, not eight by ten. Seven by nine. Nine eight. I will go eleven dollars 
and ninety nine cents. Eleven ninety nine. Okay, Chico. Well, I I hate to sound very morbid, but uh, given that Regis is sadly no longer with us, I'm guessing the price has gone higher. So I'm going to guess fifteen dollars and forty cents. Fifteen. Wait, fifteen dollars and forty cents. Okay, Greg said eleven dollars and ninety nine cents, and Chico went with the awfully weird fifteen forty. Yeah. One of you is awfully close. Okay. Awfully close. The winner is the person who's closest to fifteen forty seven. What? What? Fifteen forty seven. Seven cents off. I almost said I almost said fifteen forty two, but my brain just Is it is that the closest we've had to a perfect bid? I think that's the closest we've had to a perfect bid, yes. Okay. Wow. Oh, that took precision, and he just nailed it. I thought Greg's bid was great, but, oh, Chico had surgical precision there and just, boop, within seven cents. Beautifully done. Thank you. But, uh, but you know, but you know what else was beautifully done? Again, this is your classic example of Regis turning shit into Shinola. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a that's an interesting segue, isn't it? Yeah, I guess. Because again, this is the guy who again he's comes from humble beginnings. He's New York through and through. Oh yes. He he's a man of the people, and not many people know this, but. He didn't have a writer working on his material, so he sort of perfected the the audience chat. Yes. Okay. So that and that became his go-to, his trademark. Oh yeah, and that was one of the best things about Regis and Kathy Lee is the beginning of the show was never scripted. That was all them. Mm-hmm. That was all them reacting to whatever was in the news, whatever crazy thing happened with Regis that yesterday. It was just, it was just an incredible. It was just incredible when the monologue when they would talk. It, oh, brings back so many memories. It does. It does. Now let me ask you this, Greg. Since you are in New York City, yes, and I believe you've lived there almost all your life. Well, I live in Long Island. I'm not, I don't exactly live in the city. Oh, okay, but but I mean, you're a lot closer to New York City than both me and, and yes. Chico are. Yeah, yeah. Had you ever gone to a taping of Regis and Kathy Lee or Regis and uh, and Kelly? Uh no, I no, I didn't. Uh, unfortunately. Okay. But I w- I wish I did because. Whenever you would watch the tapings on TV, it's it looked like such a fun time to be on the set. Well, I know that uh, a good mutual friend of all three of ours, uh, Kyle Hershon, had gone to a number of episodes, and he says exactly that. It's absolutely a riot. And uh, I, I wish we had him here because he relayed a story about when he went to go see the show. I think he was like seven or eight years old, so this would have been probably about 15 to 17 years ago and Regis was still there and he did something. I don't remember the details of it. I'm sure if Kyle hears this, he'll fill me in, 
but he did something when Regis was talking to him and he came across looking like a total goof on TV. Uh, more so than he does in, in regular life. Yeah, he is like, we all know Kyle, he is our lovable goofball. Yeah. In fact, yes, for, the, for those that don't, wouldn't know, if you listen to the Xavier Renegade Angel episode, he's the guy who says crikey. Yeah, he's also at the end of the show, too. He's also at the end of the episode, too. But guys, when we think of Regis, we think of mainly, I mean, obviously Regis and Kathy Lee, Regis and Kelly, but we got to go back to 1999 when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire premiered on ABC. And that had, like, that became, it's, it's easy to forget now, especially, considering what a phenomenon that show was when it came on. Mm-hmm. It was a game changer. Oh, yes. It was, it was absolutely, I mean, this, this, cha- this turned game shows into an event. It changed how it was produced. It changed how it was run. It was all computerized. There was a lot of polish. This was basically the game show 2.0. And also, let's add, it elevated Regis to like a whole new stature in terms of pop culture fandom. I mean, he was just that guy on that morning show, or not even just that morning show, on those morning shows, because, again, we mentioned Regis and Kathy Lee, Regis and Kelly. He did shows on Lifetime. He had his own uh, talk show back hey, in the early 80s. Hey, so Discovery. He was I, that morning show guy. Yeah, and I'll talk about a discovery I made in a little bit before we, uh, we started doing the uh, show, before we started recording. But, I mean... Think about it. Who wants to be a millionaire basically changed the genre because think about it because of who wants to be a millionaire. Think about it. We probably don't get on jeopardy. The changing in 2003 of the five day retirement rule to the champion stays on until he's defeated. So think about it without who wants to be a millionaire. We probably don't get the Ken Jennings's and the James Holzhauer's. Mm-hmm. And also to a uh, another extent, if we don't have Millionaire, we probably don't necessarily get Survivor or Big Brother or The Amazing Race. That that sort of reopened that reality genre to include, you know, competition shows and uh, and we talked about some of the Millionaire wannabes back in two thousand. But yeah, there'd probably be a lot of shows that wouldn't even be around, yeah. even TV shows that are on nowadays. Yeah, if it wasn't for Millionaire. American Idol, you can add to that list, too. Uh-huh. And then you have, let's see, your deal or no deals, your one versus 100s, your reboots of both of them, um, The Wall on uh, NBC right now, ABC's summer a- annual summer game show blocks. Yeah, you don't get those without Millionaire. You don't get those without Millionaire. No. And you might even be able to add like a Titan Games to that. That's mm-hmm. true. So yeah, we talked about all the stuff with Millionaire and all that. But guys, we've we've been sharing a lot of uh, YouTube clips of Regis over the years this week. And before we signed on this episode today, I found a clip. Oh, God. Of, Re- of Regis 
interviewing Gene Rayburn while they're on exercise bikes. Oh, God. This was around um, 1985 when Gene was plugging Blake Break the Bank. And this, I'm guessing, was when he was on Lifetime. Yeah, because Lifetime would be owned by ABC probably at this point. So, Well, also, another thing that I think we need to mention, and this, is a, I, this was a Chico find, I believe. Okay. In our little conversations that we have, uh, he passed along a YouTube link to Regis on Password Plus back in late 1981, November of 1981. Yes, and this would have been to plug, because people forget, he had a morning show on NBC in 1981 right after Las Vegas Gambit was canceled. Right, yeah, and I mentioned that earlier in the show that he uh, had his morning show. So yeah, a little bit of corporate synergy, and uh, Greg was watching the episode and made a very astute observation, one that we posted on our Twitter account earlier this week. Uh, about eight or nine minutes in, they introduce a new contestant, and the new contestant happens to be, oh, and I know Greg was, he lost it over this. I lost my oh, shit. Boy. Oh, yes. Chuck Wagner from previous installment, Auto Man. Oh, yes. Play the clip. Just yeah. play it. Just play it. All right, Rory, we've got some new competition for you. Let's welcome to Password Plus, ladies and gentlemen, Chuck Wagner. Hey, Chuck. Good to see you. All right. Sit down there, Chuck. Holy mackerel. That's a big guy. Chuck means business. Yeah, Chuck. What do you do, Chuck? Well, I'm, uh, I'm from a small town called Hartsville, Tennessee. Yeah. Population about 1,500, and uh, I've been out here for about three years, went, went to USC, and I'm a freelance masseur. Um, oh, you uh, are? Does anybody uh, need any work? Uh-huh. I'd be afraid myself with Chuck. That's <laughs> strong. Nah, yeah, Chuck could hurt you. Gentle, gentle. You, you, you're at SC? Is that I was you? at SC, but oh, I'm out. Oh, you're out now. You, got, out. you sprung it, huh? I, I broke free. What are you going to do now, Chuck? I'm going to win a lot of money on Password Plus. <laughs> I see. And he okay. means it. <laughs> and Regis gets a free uh, massage. Whatever he wants if I win. <laughs> okay. And if he loses? Whatever he pays for. <laughs> oh, I see. All right. <laughs> what can I say? Good luck, pal. You Thank need you this. very much. All right. <laughs> Thanks for giving me Chuck. <laughs> and... Uh, I believe it's Tom Kennedy, Tom or Regis, or maybe even both of them said, oh, you'd be a good actor. You're tall, handsome, you know, good looking. You ought to get into acting. Lo and behold, a little over two years later, he's on Auto Man. And a little two and a half years later, he's on a, he's a panelist on Match Game Hollywood Squares. Uh, among and, other shows. He was on Tattletales, too. With his yeah, wife. And, hey, Chuck Wagner's a damn good singer. Yes, he is. He is quite the lyric baritone. And, and he's a good dancer at zippers. Oh, boy. Zippers! One day we're going to have a t-shirt. That's, if, we, if we ever have our own pro wrestling teaser store, it's going to be a picture of Mike saying, Zippers! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, beyond that, uh, I'm sure we each have a memory of Regis that we want to share uh, as we close out this show because you know we're we're filling at this point. Yeah. Um, I'll start. I grew up with Regis. I remember him on his Lifetime show, and obviously we all grew up with him on on uh, Re- uh, Live with Regis and Kathy Lee and Live with Regis and Kelly. 
maybe not necessarily grew up for at least two of us within the live with Regis and, and Kelly era, but you get my point. Uh, my big takeaway, it was early on in Millionaire. I think it was the first series. Maybe it was the second series, but I believe it was the first. And I forget who was in the hot seat. But Regis has like the drama turned up to like 11. He's got the drama dialed up so high, the pregnant pauses. And the contestant says, I'm a fat man, Regis. My heart can't take it. I'm just trying to help you sweat off a few pounds. I thought that was maybe the seminal moment where you realized, okay, Regis is like hilariously funny, number one. But also, two, the people on the show are real. They're not, you know, from the, the, the casting couch or, you know, handpicked because of how they look. They're real, authentic people. And I think that really gave not just Regis, but also the show, the, the whole endeavor, uh, a sense of authenticity. Yeah. They didn't take themselves yeah. too seriously. I mean, when you're talking about a million dollars, you know, you could have the timpani rolling in the background and you could have the lights dimmed. And you, you could, you know, build up all the drama like that, the pregnant pauses. But then for that to break the, the tension in the room was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, well, that was part of the allure of who wants to be a millionaire. And he says much at the beginning of the second season or second series before it became an actual uh, series was these are real people. And that was part of the allure. And the best thing about it is that, that Regis – because Regis, too, is a real person. And that's what he based his whole career around, is being a real person. Yeah, he's a man of the people. Mm -hmm. It's why he was so good at what he did. Because he had absolutely zero pretense. And that's why he worked on that show. And the best part about it is, and I'm going to... uh, get into my little little uh, Regis moment because, I don't know, we all talk about who wants to be a millionaire and that's really good, but he did, he did a lot of series television too. And he was basically he was basically himself, but there was one time where he was not himself or maybe he was an exaggerated version of himself. It was, I believe it was a season episode of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, yes! Yeah, and I think we've got this on the list, actually, but uh, Best Burger in New York. Oh, yes. Where Regis Regis is the host of Million Dollar Heads or Tails. And for some reason, maybe it was just Ted, you know, talking Regis up as Ted is wont to do. Regis seems to have the superhuman strength about him. Oh, yeah. Well, just remember, Ted Mosby is an unreliable narrator, considering he can tell his children about all the times he slept with with various women, but he won't tell his kids about the time he smoked weed. (laughs) No, no, Craig. It was a sandwich. He was eating a sandwich. Sure, he was. Okay, uh, Greg, you have any thoughts about about oh, any uh, Regis memories? Oh well, 
Well, you mentioned the best burger in New York. That is a that is a great episode of How I Met Your Mother. He's great in it. But I I want to bring up we we can't go without mentioning Regis without talking about all the times he was on David Letterman over the years. Oh yes, yes. Oh yes, my yes. gosh, yes. Yes, David Letterman even went so far as to say that Regis was the perfect guest. And he Dave, was. Yeah. And in fact, one of my one of my favorite moments of all time with, with was it was the the famous episode of the late show after 9/11. Dave does this uh, I mean Dave does the great monologue what we were all feeling after 9-11 and then right before Regis is the first guest to come out and so when they come back from the commercial break and it's back to Dave he says to the audience okay now here comes the hard part (laughs) meeting Regis is the hard part like okay that was easy now here's the now here's now that's of course that's the joke this is the easy part, but he's like, okay, this is the hard part. But I mean, God, there, there, there was this one clip, if you can find it on YouTube, it's of um, Dave and Regis and they're, they're talking about some stuff and they're, they're talking on top of the marquee of the Ed Sullivan theater. And that's like, wow. You have these two legends of television sitting on top of one of the most famous marquees in New York City. There's nothing better than that. Not even close. No. And there's one other thing I want to mention, because I, I, I don't want to go without saying it, but I, do, but I remember Regis was a, a get because we're going to do a, a future installment called It Was a Thing at WrestleMania about celebrities at WrestleMania that we'll get to one of these. Yeah, Regis was, Regis was a big wrestling fan. Oh, yes. He was, uh, he had all the WWF guys on his shows over the years. And, uh, there's, there's a great clip of, um, Bret Hart putting Regis in the sharpshooter. That was hilarious. He had Stone Cold on his show. I mean, I mean, God, it was incredible. But one of my favorite moments is WrestleMania Seven. He is the he's the guest announcer with Grill Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan for the main event between Hulk Hogan and Sergeant Slaughter. And Regis is so great. He's like, Oh my god, Grill, can you believe this? I'm at the main event of WrestleMania. It's the Hulkster. I can't believe this. In, in like his typical Regis way announcing the match. Like, he's like, out of control! This Sergeant Slaughter, he's out of control. I mean, come on. Gilman, can you believe this? I'm at WrestleMania. <laughs> I'm going to add one more thing to the, the Regis list, especially, and, uh, and this is related to Letterman. About, I think it was about 15 years ago at this point, maybe even a little bit longer maybe even a little less, maybe 14 years ago. It was sometime in the mid-2000s. Regis appeared on Letterman as a singing guest. Yes. Yes. Because yes. remember, yes. He, he, uh, Regis, too, he, he too is a very good uh, lyric, lyric baritone. Yeah, and I mean, he's multi-talented. We obviously knew that. He was on as a singing guest. And he, this is Christmas time. He actually released that year 
a, an album of Christmas songs that year. I, re- like I, I remember I like, that. I, I remember him doing a duet with the president. Well, he was just some guy from Queens at the time. And I'm like, yeah, who knew? Anyway. Uh, yeah, that didn't age terribly well. No, it did not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I did want to throw in that, that uh, a certain 45th president uh, appeared in a cameo because... Oh, wait, Regis wait, was... hold on, hold on, Michael. You mean the 44th occupant? Okay, 44th occupant. Yes, I, I see what you did there. Because for some reason, we count Grover Cleveland as two different people. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah and, and I, all, all emails should be sent to Greg at... Greg, it was a thing on TV. Hey, I am just being technical, hey. folks. This is my 2000. The Millennium actually started in 2001. He's okay. not wrong. So, so, as I was saying to the nice people, uh, so uh, Regis was singing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. And uh, yeah, at the end, they had um, that person at the end say, Rudolph, you're hired. I forget. Yeah, which reindeer? You're fired. And I'll be the first person to admit it. The very next day, I went on Amazon and I ordered that CD. I have the Regis Philbin Christmas album on, D- on CD. It's a good listen. It's a really good listen. Uh, if, you can, if you can get by... We can on. get past the end of... Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, it's a very good listen. If you can get by if you can get by the end of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer sung by John Doe. Yeah. Uh, and also if you can sort of get by the the overtones in uh, Baby It's Cold Outside. That's another song that didn't age terribly well. No, it did not. No. But yeah, that was my uh, one takeaway is after hearing Regis on Letterman, I got that CD, and that's been a staple in my Christmas music collection for 15 years now, or thereabouts, and I only have mild regrets. Only mild regrets? Well, again, there, there's two songs that I think we could do without, but uh, I mean, again, he's multi-talented, and I mean, it sort of fits the bill of my, my Christmas music collection, because I have like half traditional and half corny That's and then well, this definitely well, falls in the corn I, side yeah i will say this no christmas music collection is complete without the go-go's singing i'm going to spend my christmas with the dalek i was going to say no christmas uh, music collection is complete without shatner claws <laughs> And just, yes, just, I have that too. Just two, just two recommendations from uh, Uncle Mike and Uncle Chico. What about occult? All the songs from Occult Bear Christmas and Uncle Greg. But guys, do you remember the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire computer games? Oh, of course. Oh yes, they uh, uh they they. It's like they start out really good with uh, Jelly Vision developing them. And then Ludia got the license, and they were okay. And now it seems like they're coming out with another one later this year. They are? They are. Oh, yeah. Oh, it just broke a couple of days ago, and there are some screenshots. And not even kidding, it looks like it's a PS2 or maybe a PS3 game at best. Yeah. Is this going to be on Switch or something? 
Yes, it's going to be on Switch or something. Okay. It's also going to be and, on... and the other, yeah, and PS4, I believe. I don't think PS5 necessarily. That's not coming out to No, they're not going to put any of that budget stuff on PS5. I'm like... going to tell you right now, I got my money for the PS5, but continue. But yeah, it's going to be on uh, PS4, I would assume, not necessarily PS5 at this point, and uh, Xbox One. That's gonna that's gonna be, but I mean the millionaire computer games, those were those were great times. I think uh, I think my aunt from Colorado one year got me the Millionaire Sports Edition for Christmas. Well, it's actually really impeccable timing because if this was any normal year, myself and Chico would not be here right now. Mm-hmm. Not not to bring up any sort of yeah re- regrets or or you know stuff that we can't really you know control but we would both be in vegas now and that reminds me of last year because uh a very close friend of the trivia and game show communities uh ed tutant passed away uh about a year and a half ago at this point maybe even closer to two years ago i think it was like november or december of of, uh, 18 or so yeah i was found that and at last year's event a uh, good friend of his, trusted friend of his, uh, Paul Bailey, basically, I don't want to say gave away all his stuff, but gave away with, with the condition that if you can afford to donate money towards a cause, donate money and we'll let you take what you want. And and sure enough, we pretty much loaded up. But the thing of it is, it's like, I got like all this stuff, but I, and, and Mike will attest to this, I felt terrible it's you had mixed feelings um i mean it's good that this stuff was salvaged to people who will thoroughly enjoy and take care of the stuff but also at the other hand it's like did it really have to happen under these circumstances yeah yeah and that's why we say screw cancer around these parts Indeed. Uh, it's just one of the things that I got that you know Greg just uh, mentioned. I have a sealed copy of the Millionaire Sports game on CD. Uh, but also, and I, uh, this is a show and tell. I know Chico knows about this. Oh, I don't. Greg does too, but I'm going to get this. Really I don't fast. think I do. I, this is going to be a surprise to me. What is it? Oh, oh yeah, baby. Wait, the wait, 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 wait. Not just that. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, not just that. Oh, oh wait, yeah. there's more. Oh, oh wait, oh, there's oh, more. Wait, wait, there's more. He's oh, my. He's oh, out wait. of control. Wait, my class is out of control. There's more. Oh, and also, if you want to play at home, there's two blanks. Two blanks. For those that. Somebody oh. stop Mike class. He's out of control. For those who aren't on Zoom, Mike is showing all the. Uh, all the uh, checks Regis would have for Ed in his millionaire episode, but uh, one thing and two, I, and two blanks, two blanks, but and two blanks one, too. One so thing there, I'm there's seven checks here. So Mike, I I did notice when you showed Ed's checks there, they had the date of one thirty one oh one. So I'm curious, would those were were those from his original? Because for those of you who don't know, Ed did win the the million dollars on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And I guess you can tell that story right now, Mike. Uh, okay, so what the story is, uh, Ed Tutant uh, originally appeared on the show January 28th uh, and the 31st of 2001. 
So he was a carryover contestant. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lost on a badly written question. I, I, I think it was at like the $16,000 range, uh, maybe 8000 It definitely was not 32000 it, it was below the, uh, the second uh, safety area. And due to this faulty question, he was invited back on the show on September 7th of 2001. So we're talking four days before 9-11. And he won what would have been the value of the escalating jackpot at that time. Because if you remember, the show uh, added $10,000 to the top prize for every contestant that didn't win the million. Yeah. So Kevin Olmsted won the big jackpot uh, in April of 2001 for a total of $2.18 million. But since Ed's faulty question was in the middle of this run, they said, you know what? We're not going to let you play for $1 million, even though that was all said and done. Since this was during the escalating jackpot days, we're going to let you come and play for how much you would have properly been playing for, which was $1.86 million. And lo and behold, Ed Tutant won the $1.86 million. And I, at this, uh, the Trivia Nationals last year, when, uh, when, when Paul Bailey was uh, trying to give away um, all of Ed's trivia stuff and memorabilia, I mean, there were millionaire Anything you could think of that had to do with millionaire, Ed had it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, pick, I picked up a, a window cling from McDonald's. What? Uh, it's it, a window cling. A window. I mean, it's just rolled up. It's it's one of those that you'd stick in the window. You know, uh, if they're like pitching, you know, dollar drinks or you know, two for five Big Macs or whatnot. It was a window cling like that. I I didn't don't know really the, have a place for it. I, but I have know, it still in in my possession. I didn't know those existed. Oh, he had everything, everything millionaire. He had multiple copies of every game, home game, video game. I mentioned the, the sports CD earlier. He had uh, the electronic games, the handheld games that Tiger made. He had everything. Oh, yeah. And eventually at the end of the Trivia Nationals, they basically said, if anybody wants anything, take it because if it's not going to be taken – it's going to be thrown out. So, I mean, I still have uh, a number of things. I have a couple of... Uh, I, I have what, a what, bunch of keychains. You see, I didn't get the keychains. Uh, like I said, I have uh, a McDonald's window cling from 20 years ago. I've got uh, the sports CD game. I've got the handheld game in packaging still. And the one that I wanted, and I think this is a complete set, because I bet you the million dollars or the 1.86 million was either a real check or it wasn't fake like uh, this. Because th- this is not Regis's signature. That's definitely a, uh, a reproduction. A, a definitely an auto pen. Yeah. yeah. But the yeah. thing is, I've got his $500,000 check. I've got his $250,000 check, his 125, his 64, his 32. And then I've got two blank checks, which are signed by Regis, but I'm pretty sure these are fake because mm-hmm. they do not look anything alike it looks like maybe some sort of pa sort of forged uh, regis's signature on, on it so th- that's my sort of um millionaire takeaway I mean, ed tutant was a hell of a guy number one 
but also just the legacy. His his generosity is or was, and it still is if you think about it, overwhelming. Because I mean, even uh, since his passing in uh, November of of uh, 2018, he's done a lot of good in terms of his um, philanthropy, in terms of uh, different charities associated with uh, his name. Yeah, he uh, he's a legend, to say the least. And the world is a lot less bright without him. Yeah. Same can be said for Regis, actually. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, guys, I know that's sort of a downer to end the show, but uh, I think it was good to uh, reflect upon some of these memories. And, um, I mean, maybe doing uh, The Neighbors isn't necessarily justice for him, but, well, well again, for every good show, you know, you've got to have a clunker in there. Yeah, I mean, who wants to be a millionaire live with Regis and Kathy Lee? Um, so many things. Hey, both hey. Before. Oh, America's Got Talent. Can't America's Got that. Talent. Million Dollar Password. Yeah, but yeah, all of those things made Regis an icon. But the neighbors, it was just a thing on TV. And I think for obvious reasons, we're going to skip the plugs this week. And uh, we'll, we'll just say thank you for taking time out of your schedule to listen to our little tribute to Regis. And we'll be back later on this week with another episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks very much for listening. I'm going to trust them and go with B, kilobytes. Final answer? Final answer. I'm a fat man, Regis. My heart can't take it. <laughs> I'm just trying to help you sweat off a few pounds. You're right, it's KB for $8,000.